Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Dog Business. Today we are going to delve into the scary world of overwhelm, being fed up with your business, but more importantly, how you can fall back in love with it. So a subject we've touched on a little bit, which we want to delve into a little bit more on this episode, is a two-pronged attack, Mm. I think. Burnout. Oh, yes. And overwhelm. Yes. Which we've both suffered on at different levels, I would say. Yeah. Both suffered from, sorry, on different levels. Yeah. I, I think it's part and parcel of running your own business because you've got that stress of you need to get money in. You want to be doing what you think you love. I say think you love because <laughs> I've definitely known people go on this journey and then go, actually, I don't love it. No. And and there have been people that I've known in my world from pre this where they've gone, I had a paid job, an employed job, did this, wasn't all it was cracked up to be and went back to a paid employment yeah. job because it's safer and it's easier. Oh, yeah. And you can switch off yeah. at five o'clock usually. Yeah. And I think that is such... I think it's such an important point to focus on because whilst we make out that potentially all of this stuff is quite easy but not easy, as in the steps are relatively simple, but actually the mindset shift is so incredibly powerful to be able to be a business owner and do it by yourself, that a lot of people, they they can't cope in this world. And I don't mean in, in dog world, that, that's a whole other mm. thing because that's a next level pain point. But being self-employed, you are on your own a lot. There is little stability for a, a long while of money security coming in, mm-hmm. of, or you'll have some great months and then you'll have some really rubbish months. So it's that roller coaster effect of oh, yay I can breathe and then oh crap I'm back there again yeah and it's little wins isn't it that are short-lived yeah. sometimes yes yeah. very short-lived little little dopamine hits and adrenaline yeah. bursts absolutely and I, I do think it's really difficult for a lot of people to be good at being on your own in solopreneur world I think it's something a lot of a lot of dog professionals struggle with I think it's it can be really lonely, can't it? It can be... I've worked in... You've worked in corporate. I've worked in offices. Yeah. I've had great banter. I've had some mm-hmm. really great work environments. And yeah. I love that. But I also love this as well. But yeah. I know some people really struggle with this. Yeah, it is It is really, really difficult. I, I know trainers that have... And, and like myself, I'd, like you say, I've been in corporate. I did... 15 plus years in an agency world, which is really high energy. It's really buzzy. Everybody's swearing all the time, but you've got a constant buzz of people around you. Mm. And in hindsight, when I look on it now, it's like, no wonder I worked so many hours because I spent the day chatting. Real social And then I I had to do the work after hours because I spent all day being social. Mm. But But we we need that, don't we? We crave that social. Yeah. Yeah, like contact with people, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a lot of people to go from that air quote norm of having a job to being on your own is such a stark 
contrast that you you just have no idea how to to cope with it mm. and not only are you then thrown into a world that you're completely by yourself you also have to run a business and nobody's told you how to run a business so there's loads of cpd courses out there which everybody does for your dog knowledge which is great great but not great <laughs> and where's where's the information to say this is how you run a business yeah You've got to be everything. You've got to have all these different hats on, haven't you? Yeah. You've, you've actually got to be the dog professional. You've actually got to be a marketer, an accountant. You've like got to the be sales. To, yeah, as we a salesperson. You've got to do the delivery. You've got to do all the follow-up comms and all the pre-comms, if you do any. All of this falls on your shoulders. Booking you, you have to be the, yep. and all of that sort of stuff if you do groups. A complaints person, if yep. that comes through. Absolutely. You have to deal with everything. And for the most part, you are on your own. There's no team around you. There's no one to bitch and moan at. And perhaps that's why social media is the way that it is. Because it's become like a little watering hole for all the negativity. Yeah, it's a release for a lot of people. It's events all their frustrations on there, doesn't it? Which yeah. we definitely uh, are yeah. aware of that now. But yeah, it can be a real, like a make or break thing yeah. for a lot of people, can't it? They do it for a while and then they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Yeah. yeah. Like we've seen this recently in our group that people yeah. have sort of said this and gone, I'm not sure it is for me. Yeah. Don't think I'm cut out to be working by myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's so important to be aware of it, but also to address it. So, yes, it's important to vent and air the challenges that you find, but negativity just breeds. And the more and more you focus on all of the crap, ultimately, you're just going to get more of it. And that is all you are going to see. And you'll be waking up every single day going, oh, I'm on my own. I'm on my own. I don't like it. There's no one to talk to. I'm lonely. I hear that a lot, mm, that yeah. I feel really alone. And certainly for people in the training and behaviour profession, if you are doing one-to-ones and you are travelling to people's houses, you could be in the car for a long period of time during that day. Because again, going back to what we've said on previous episodes of you'll kind of take any on, any anybody on board, mm. you'll be travelling 40 minutes one way, and then you've maybe got an appointment 40 minutes the total opposite direction. And until you kind of match your diaries up, you, you could be all over the place. And then you're in the car for maybe four hours a day, maybe seeing two or three people. And if you've not got the right clientele in, then you're not going to enjoy those sessions. So your social buzz is lacking. But the upside of the car journeys is you get to listen to brilliant podcasts like us. Well, hopefully you're <laughs> using that time well. Be <laughs> this productive. Is, <laughs> this is absolutely something that that's changed our lives, hasn't it? So mm. we we kind of made a conscious decision to go, realistically, how many hours are there in the day? If we are seeing people for the in-person stuff, we've got X amount of hours during the car. Now, I could choose that to be my downtime and listen to music, which is what I've done for many, many years. But then... In recent years, so in the last like five years for me, I very rarely listen to music anymore. And I love music. I love having a good old boogie. I love like screaming and shouting at the top of my voice to some heavy metal. <laughs> Shock horror. <laughs> and but shifting my mindset from having that as like just a bit of downtime and actually switching it to being more productive, 
I would listen to, to different podcasts. I would listen to some self-development books. I would listen to manifestation books or podcasts again. But everything to help keep my motivation high. Because realistically, yes, it can be lonely. But I think can is the key word to mm. emphasize on there. It doesn't have to be. Even you, two people could look at exactly the same day. And, and I know this because I've worked with people that struggle doing this job, whereby they're in the car a lot by themselves. And we've said it, like we said, we've seen it in our group where people will, will comment on this. We've seen it across all the social media groups as well. And they go, I'm, I'm lonely. I don't get to see anybody. And that's one way of looking at that day. Me, I look at those days where I've got lots of car travel. I'm like, yes, I can finish that book or I can finish that episode. And then from that, I've gained knowledge on how I can implement this next strategy bit into my business. Or, ooh, that's really interesting. I actually would like to go and see that person speak in person if they do an event. Or they've managed to turn their business from this to this. Or even if it's nothing to do with business, I listen to a lot of home education stuff because that's the route we're going to go down with the boys. And it's constantly giving myself knowledge to go, how can I implement these different things into my life? No matter how big or small, it doesn't always have to be business related. But even those home education podcasts, I will listen to them and I can implement that into how I have a conversation with a client. Yeah, because if you looking at that subject, that's a really divisive subject, isn't it, that you're talking yeah. about with home education? And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't understand it and would be horrified at that. Yes. And so, again, you're on the back foot with that and you're mm -hmm. having to almost defend yourself as to why you've made that decision, yep. why it's something you've, you've decided to do. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to, but that's how it is. Yeah. And so for you, it gives you tools to be able to answer those questions more effectively, probably, and put yeah. that point across more and help you to, to feel clarity on that. Yeah. Because even if you feel confident about something, like I'm a very strong minded person and when I believe something, I really believe it. But you can still doubt yourself, can't you? And you can be oh, brought yeah. down by enough people it's around so you. so easily done. And I... I still get it with members of my family, with people in my social circle. They will still say like, oh, when are you going to go and get a, a quote proper job? Like, what What do you define as a proper job exactly? Like, oh, you know, the one you had. <laughs> what, what's the matter with the one I'm doing now? I'm actually making more money and I've got more time. And I get to see my kids more. And I get to explore this home education option because of everything that it's now given me but somehow that's a negative. So actually by surrounding myself with people, albeit these are people I do not know because they are just voices coming from my speakers, <laughs> they share their stories and they're the ones that empower me to want to do better. And I definitely realise it. If I spend time with certain people, I do doubt all of my decisions. But knowing that I've got those voices in the car to go to, whether that's on a book or a podcast or whatever it may be, or even in our, so we're part of different business masterminds as well now, mm -hmm. surrounding ourselves with people that are going to build us up rather than question everything we do and make you doubt the choices you have made. Like I say, I, I've been doing dog training for coming up to 10 years and I still get questioned on, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Like, 10 years I've been doing it and you still question me? 
you still think that it's, it's a bad thing to be running my own business. Mm. But also, I'm sure you get this as well, that it's not it's taken seriously. So it's like, yeah. oh, do you still do that dog thing? Yeah. Like, I get that <laughs> such a lot. Yeah. And I've worked with dogs in various capacities mm -hmm. over the years. And I'm like, what, which dog thing? And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, do you do, like, puppy parties or whatever? And I'm like, oh, don't be parties. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but and, and you could easily get your back up, and I used to. But now I'm just like, ha, not quite. <laughs> um, but you take it either way, don't you? But they, they just don't see it as a serious job, no, do they? No, not at all. And I don't think that that does anybody any good for your own mental health. No. Or just... you. You are never going to look at your business as a business if you are surrounding yourself with people that tell you you do not have a business. Yeah, you but have again, a hobby. It, it comes back to that societal um, the, the impression they have of the industry isn't serious. Yeah. It's a necessity. They all want your help when they want it, but they're like, oh, it's not really a real job, is it? And you play around with dogs all day and. You know, they go, oh, what a lovely job to have. And, and anyone that works in it knows it's not just a lovely yeah. job to have. It is sometimes, but it's not other times. Is it very emotional and very stressful sometimes? So it, it's that whole perception to me. By the, Again, it comes back to that link that we talked about in that previous episode about we want to change that public perception. We want to yeah. involve them. We don't want to just kind of keep going, away, like project ourselves further away from the public. We want them to be with us, like yeah. along with the journey. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important because, again, we see it time and time again. It's it's everywhere. It's everybody we speak to. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm fed up. I don't enjoy my business anymore. And for me, it's just a real shame because mm. there's, there's, for me, there's no valid reason why you shouldn't enjoy your business. Mm. You, you chose to do this and you chose to do it for a reason. Now... I understand that everybody will go into this for for different reasons and some may be oh it's been a, a lifelong dream or whatever it may be and then you do genuinely go oh it's not what I expected so I've kind of walked away from it but that's not actually the people I think we're talking to here no I see the people that have been doing this for years and it they do genuinely love it but because of the overwhelm and the burnout and the poor processes maybe that are in place. Yes. Yeah. Because of everything because of not realizing you're a business owner, that's where all of that comes from. Because as soon as you start realizing you do have a business and you treat it like one, it's amazing. Oh. It's like the best thing ever to be able to have that flexibility. To uh, and almost I, I think people look at this. The wrong way so i like to think i'm quite a positive person and not like the annoying like everything's amazing yeah, kind of positive person. nothing's ever no like that in real but life but the ability to go what where can i see the good in most things and for a lot of people you know bringing it back to money because i think it's such an underlying cause of this for a lot of people again some of the comments i see on social media are i just don't even know how to make a full-time wage yeah and it saddens me so much. I saw a comment the other day about the hourly rate for someone who's doing behaviour work as well as training was £7.50 an hour or yeah. something like that when she worked it out. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I know just... we do work extra hours. We can't just walk away from it. Like, well, you can, but a lot of us don't. And even if mm -hmm. we have good intentions too, we always do a bit more than we should. 
and we know that, but still, yeah. you should be allowing for that in your hourly rate. Yep. It should all be part and parcel. It should be factored in. Why are we even surprised what our hourly rate is? We should know it yeah. and yeah, be yeah. quite happy with it. Yep, absolutely. I just, yeah. It's, it is so painful. And I just think it, it just really saddens me that people think they can't make a full-time wage from doing this. And it, it is that overwhelm of everything when, for me, again, I, I always try and look at it and go, do you know what? I actually have a great opportunity here. So if if money's a little bit scarce one month and we're like, oh, God. Imagine if I felt like that. So with everything going on at the moment, so what all the things we're hearing, like cost of living, everything's mm. going up, food's going up, bills are going Petrol's up. Petrol's going up. Everything is expensive. So we should slash our prices or something. I'm like, what? That That doesn't make any sense. So if everything else is going up, we should be going up as well. It's just yeah. natural. But if I was in my full-time job, now my old one, my corporate one, with everything going up, I've got zero ability to be able to make any more money. So the money I now have just isn't going as far as it was. Whereas arguably I now look at it in my situation and go, do you know what, I'm in the best possible situation because I have the ability to bring in as much as I want. Yeah, to offer different things, to change things up, mm. to to adapt to that yeah. crisis. You yeah. can kind of almost see it as an opportunity to to do something different yeah. then. I think you, you have to look at it as an opportunity because it's so easy, I think, again, to go down this negative spiral of, oh, woe is me, can't charge this, can't do that. No one's wanting to spend. I'm going to have to go and get a job. I'm like, well you have an amazing opportunity to go and earn more than a job will ever, ever pay you. And like I said, my salary was was decent. It was a good, I think it was about 65K with a company car. So it's not a salary to be sniffed at. No, no. But I was doing 80-hour weeks. And like I say, that salary now, the pay rises wouldn't have gone up as much as all cost of living has gone up. So how am I better off being in that situation? No, you'd be in a worse position, wouldn't you? So yes, okay, I'd have a little bit more security potentially. But if you change your mindset again, it's it's looking at how can I possibly bring that additional money in. And none of this to me has ever felt like overwhelm or burnout because I've done a lot of work on my mindset to get there. And I think that's why I feel like my business has succeeded and why this business now has the opportunity to grow the way that we want it to. Yeah, but coming on to that, so that's a nice little feeder for this actually, is that we feel like our businesses, because our independent businesses, mm. have gotten to the point where we're content with them, we're happy with them, we've built mm. them up to this amazing thing, mm -hmm. each of us, but we also feel like now is the time for change, yeah. don't we? We're, we've Because that's what we're like as people and we like to just keep doing something different and we don't want to become complacent yes and it's always how I've been and I know it's how you've been as well so it feels like we met at the right time yeah. we were building things up and we got them to where we were really happy with them mm -hmm. and now we feel like there's a brand new challenge which is this yeah and that vision was always like it wasn't always there but it, we got it mm -hmm. we've got like a good goal 
Yes. <laughs> Plural. Lots, yeah, there are goals. And we and they're big goals. Like you could arguably say, well, that's like fantasy. Like yeah. as if you're going to achieve that, like as if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're like, why can't we do that? Yeah. What's stopping us doing that? So we knew that we had that vision and that goal in our head, but we had real and we will admit it now, we had a lack of clarity of how we were going to achieve that goal, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really hard, really, really difficult. And I think we've almost struggled with it in a back different way to, I think, where a lot of people will struggle. And by that, I mean, we've always known where we wanted to go with this. And we, you know, we, we will put it out there now to hold ourselves accountable. We want to make sure that we are challenging the industry as a whole as to go, what do the public actually think of dog professionals? Do they do the public genuinely think accreditation means anything? And it should mean something, but that means we need to start talking to the public a lot more about all of this stuff, not just in-house within industry, because that's where I feel like a lot of the conversations are happening, whereas it's the public that ultimately are going to buy those services and determine the value of them. So why are we not that it's a whole area that needs to be explored and we and we want to do that. And that's why we've wanted to do this podcast as well, so that we can get people starting that conversation and knowing that you are not alone in all of this stuff on how you feel. But we too have felt overwhelmed with even taking on this challenge because this is a massive challenge. And we knew when we started this that we are going to be at risk of people commenting negatively towards us and I know that that's something that potentially holds a lot of you all listening now back in your own businesses because it's that fear of judgment yeah someone's going to judge me for an opinion that I need to share so it's easy to hide behind a keyboard to a degree and and we're putting ourselves on real show here yeah (laughs) we're like there's nowhere to hide no and it is and it's super scary because Ultimately, a lot of you may not agree with us, but there's a lot of you that might as well. And ultimately, all we're trying to do is just be honest, tell you the the journey of our businesses and how we've grown them and how we are looking to continue to grow this business, to be able to support this industry and give it a massive kick up the backside that we both genuinely believe it needs. If other industries are excelling all of these different areas, why does it feel that the dog industry is lagging behind we're so left behind so left behind it's but but having said that these business groups we go to masterminds people we surround ourselves with they're from all different businesses aren't they and there are challenges that are similar in a lot of these industries actually when we think it's oh my god it's just us Mm -hmm. yes I think there are certain elements of the dog industry which are very archaic and old-fashioned and Mm -hmm. just sort of left in the 70s where Barbara Woodhouse was (laughs) but there are other things which a lot of other industries are experiencing and when you hear this is what we love about those business um those business days is because we get to almost collaborate with, network with these people, make connections with these people that are nothing to do with the dog industry, but they've got very similar stories, don't they? So they're they're feeling the same struggles. They want to change their industry. They want to be these Mm. people that are us now and they don't, you know, they need some direction and clarity on that. And that's why we're all there Yeah, because we need mentors and coaching and that's what 
that's what we're getting from from that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think without having that that mentor and coaching, and I'm still I'm still not 100% sure on what each one does, to be honest, but they all fall in that category. <laughs> They're all there to help. Um, yes, the support network. Um, without that, I think we we would be overwhelmed and fed up because we we have felt like that. Even though we've got this massive goal and mission that we are wanting to do, it's hard to get there if you've not got that support around you. You almost need somebody to hold your hand with it and yeah. break down all the steps, literally. That's mm-hmm. what we did yep. a little while ago, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We're like, here's A, here's B. How do we get to B? Yeah. And like they helped us get to B. Well, they're helping us get to B, aren't yep. they? And this is, like we said before, this is a huge step towards B. But like, you don't know everything. We don't know everything. We don't, we're not like these business gurus that they are. So like, we want to learn from them. And if you want to be like them, you need to listen to them. Yeah, so I think it's really important to make sure that you you have your goals set and you know what you're working towards. Because I think it's so easy to just go into it and go, I'm just going to see day by day what happens, bring some money in, cycle repeat. And without anything grounding you to your bigger vision, whatever your vision is, it doesn't have to be like, it, it can literally be anything. One of my my goals before was to literally bring in like a thousand pound a month. So I had a financial goal. I then wanted to make sure that I did one day at at home, whether that's weekend or weekday, one day at home with the kids. So that was me choosing to spend time with them because I had gone from working seven days a week when I was really busy. So these are the things that I wanted to implement to make sure that I was doing it. So your goals can be as big or as small as you want, but you have to know what you're working towards. And then more importantly, how are you going to get there? So it's all very well and good having these big goals. So we've shared with you the start of one of our big goals, but we are now working on the the step-by-step, tiny little micro movements on how to move towards that. Mm. And we have conversations daily on how we're going to do that. How are we going to implement things? And it has to start with even things like, I mean, last week we were discussing, right, how many emails a week are we going to start sending out to people on our database? That, that's how small it is mm. for that massive goal of changing this industry for the better. Yeah. And it has to start with how many emails we're going to send out yeah. each week. And we're so rubbish with our comms, aren't we? Like we've yeah. got all these people we've got access to, which mm-hmm. a lot of you might be listening now. And we're like, we haven't like done anything. We yeah. haven't communicated to you. You've just been sat there yep. Yep. and wasting that opportunity. Yep. And we feel like it now needs to be used. Yeah, and it's because we made the same mistake that we everybody always makes you you jump into something and go right this is what I'm going to do and they like ah overwhelm don't really know what's going on here and the the annoying thing is we actually know what we're doing as well like we have two very successful businesses (laughs) and we've started this one and we fluffed it up from day one because we tried to do everything we know we shouldn't do we've mentioned it in an earlier episode about not needing a big website or anything from from day one and guess where we spent our time? Building so many hours. A website. <laughs> so many hours. We didn't need. No. So we've, you know, fortunately, we, we've been there, done it, got the T-shirt, and we realised very quickly the error of our ways. So we are re-correcting that now. But ultimately, you have to start off with, like I said, identify your vision, whatever that vision. And remember, these things will change 
I think that's a really crucial thing as well. Like my goal has moved from that one day a week with the kids to actually, I wanted to not work evenings. Guess what? I made it happen. So I don't work evenings anymore. And actually I don't really work weekends and I don't work one day a week because I have the day with Clay because we're homeschooling. And I also don't work two days a week because I'm at uni. <laughs> so I actually only have two, three days a week to work. And that brings me in 6K a month doing that. that that's my, my goal now, to make sure that I can maintain that, if not grow it, and still reduce my hours. Yeah. But it's also setting expectations, you know. You've got a member of staff. If you didn't, your expectation would be a lot lower than that. Yeah. Because you couldn't be yeah, in no, that I business. Couldn't do that. Or th that amount, could you? No. So your, your realistic exp expectation would have to be, I can't bring that much in. It's yep. going to have to be... Yep. what I can do in or those three days. Or I can bring days. that much in, but I'm either going to have to massively Compromise. hike my fees up and I'm going to have to work evenings. But I'm just going to have to work as many hours as I possibly can to yeah, do it. to scrape it in. Yeah. So expectations are so crucial because if you, if they're out of whack, <laughs> everything's, it's just not going to work. No. Nothing, not in balance. Yeah. And it's, that's, no, that's your route to burn out. That's your route to motivation slump and yeah. that's really hard to get out of once you're in it as well like yeah. we've both been there and it's a really difficult yeah it, thing. it's horrendous and I think again we, we see things on social media because it's important for us to keep looking at what everybody is saying because ultimately we want to be here for you and we want to highlight these things because we've we felt them ourselves and we know you're all feeling it but that that slump of I'm just so fed up and I literally cannot make ends meet that's a massive problem for this industry and it's something that we are so passionate about trying to rectify because it shouldn't be that way. How does it get to that point when you've spent all of that time yeah. and put all of that effort and knowledge and money and mm -hmm. everything into being the best you can be and you can't make ends meet? Yeah. That's, it's just, yeah. it's not right. And you're working all of these hours to not, to not even match what a full-time salary would be yeah no wonder people want to go and work at tesco's yeah it, it is it, it's it's soul destroying for us because like vicky's just said we we all put so much into our knowledge and i think that's possibly one of the areas where we all maybe go a little bit wrong we put too much into that yeah we don't put enough into our business knowledge and we don't put enough into self-development but you know where that comes from is the accreditation yeah. organizations stipulate cpd and mm -hmm. i know it doesn't say yeah. specifically what it is but we again we go we've got 15 hours of cpd to do mm -hmm. you know make sure that's in what can we do what course can we do and and a lot of that is that it's an extrinsic motivation of mm -hmm. it isn't really what you want to do it's not that passion of i really want to help those people in those docs it's like mm -hmm. i need to be part of this organization to feel approval yeah. And by doing that, I need to do these courses and no matter what it is, maybe mm -hmm. it isn't the right sort of course for me. Maybe I do need more help with personal development and mindset and self-care and all those kind of things yeah. that we feel is so important. But you just do what everyone else does. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that to me is it's that same treadmill of this is what you do if you're a dog professional. It's the only way that you do things. Yeah. And it's. But it's a bit soul destroying, isn't it? Because yeah. you are you're almost stuck, and then it does feel a little bit. Dare I even say it? It does feel a bit cult like, yeah, to a degree. I, yeah, because 
if you are an outsider or you haven't got that accreditation, you are an outcast. Yeah. What I've recently... Got to, what have you got to say that you... you you, you know, you can help these people. What yeah. have you got behind you? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I I joined a uh, a membership earlier this year, and they have now discarded me because they know I'm practicing. But how am I supposed to? I was like, again, I've been doing this for ten years. I have some really good accreditations under my belt, but yes, I do not have ABTC. That that's pretty much the reason that I'm not allowed to be in this group, which is just crazy. And yeah, I'm like, but I'm doing my degree. So actually, that's more than a, a good chunk of people. And I, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but it's definitely of a higher level. Yet I'm not allowed to be in a group where I can potentially take some more knowledge to better myself. But because I don't have that clinical status, I'm not allowed to be part of that group. And they've literally just gone, yep, you're out because you're practising so we'll refund you the remainder of your membership. I'm like, great. Wow. Thanks for that. So if back. I wasn't as resilient as I am, that could have really knocked me down. Yeah. And back to that archaic ap- approach and outlook, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to be part. In order to be part of this, you need to be doing, you, you need to have all of these different but things. Let's look at it on the flip side. You could have all of those things and be not a very good yeah. Trainer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Behaviorist. You could not be practicing much. You could yeah. have it all theoretical knowledge, but no practical. Mm-hmm. So how does that make you any better than the next person? Yeah. And this is why we've talked so much about this theory versus practical. How much of which do you need? What is the correct balance of it? Mm-hmm. What do you actually need to say you are a dog trainer? We know it's a, 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 a unregulated like many other industries again we can liken that to a lot of other industries as well Mm -hmm. um anyone can be anything these days so where where do you draw the line with this yeah and and again it is so frustrating because at not one point has there been that human to human conversation so they don't know how i practice they don't even know what i do they've literally just gone oh you haven't got cab essentially so you're out or because you're practicing you're out and i'm like it just makes no sense to me it's like where's the conversation how are we supposed to collaboratively work together it gets banded around a lot doesn't it that you need to be collaborative with one another we're not practicing what's being preached no not at all it's just not there so no wonder everybody feels fed up and alone and overwhelmed with everything and which course should you do to get the best thing and there's that many course providers out there it's like how, how do you even choose and I just see it time and time again and I've been there where I'm like I want to do this but how on earth do I choose which one's right for me so that overwhelm so we've talked in a previous episode about all the different services that we offer well, look in-house at industry, look at all the different services that are on offer again and how we feel about which course provider mm. to go with is exactly how our clients feel about us. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we are in a cycle where everybody is going to feel burnt out, overwhelmed and fed up with their business because we're not treating it like a business. We don't think of ourselves as business owners. We're told to collaborate and do all these things, but nobody's actually practising what they preach we're 
barred from certain clubs for crap reasons. For having a different opinion. Yeah, how dare you? (laughs) Um, And then everybody's scared to speak out about it. So then all these little mini groups form on social media where you'll get some bitching and moaning going on. But then there's no actual... No one's doing anything about it. And that's hopefully what we're trying to do. And we haven't even touched on, which we will massively, the divisiveness of methods. Because that's a whole (laughs) other thing. And that's where people really... Yeah. Split apart, don't yeah. they? And really have their own little, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get really resource guardy about that, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I just think we need to, if you, if you genuinely, if you genuinely want to have a business that you can thrive in and that you love and that it's fun, we've got to embrace some of the crap, but you don't have to embrace the crap enough that it brings you down. So find your people find the people that will lift you up yeah you need you need to have those people around you and if you there's a uh, I don't know if it's like a a saying or a a thing but you are who you like the the five people around you the average of the five people you are the average of the five people around you so think about those five people and whether they're good for you or not good for you yeah and it's actually a really interesting exercise to do and you realise very quickly it's like oh. oh If you work in an office environment where everybody's bringing you down, mm-hmm. that's who you'll become. Yeah, yeah. How, how are you going to be anything different? It's, it's impossible. So start surrounding yourself with people that are going to improve your life, which will improve your business, which will improve how you feel. We all only get one life. So let's just live it doing what, what we all love. Ah, love it. Thanks, guys, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share.